Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Coronavirus has upended life as we know it, but what has it meant for those trying to date? Is society's pressure the reason why a lot of people are getting married today? According to Match.com, 40 million Americans use online dating services each year. A new study will see whether a common medication can radically change how we treat aging. But a new study is asking whether going hungry could be the key to a healthier and even longer life. Retirees are outliving their savings by up to a decade. Science is close to giving a second century of life to everyone. Could artificial intelligence herald the demand? of the human race. Artificial intelligence is here and it is accelerating. Almost 50% of American jobs are under threat. If AI is much smarter than a person, what job do we have? So, what is the future of marriage, healthcare, and artificial intelligence? We're in a series, People Get Ready, the closing weeks of a year-long series called The Jesus Project. And in the last chapters of Luke, Jesus focuses on getting his followers ready for the future. Now, Pastor Jonathan and I are not futurists. We are pastors. But what we're sharing with you in this People Get Ready series is taken directly from the most accurate and authoritative book ever written about the future. Uh, Pastor Jonathan talked about that last week. Remember, he took us alongside the disciples after Jesus rose from the dead on the, on the uh, road to Emmaus. And uh, they didn't know that Jesus had come alongside. They didn't recognize him. And he began to open up the writings of Moses and the prophets and reveal all that they said about the coming Messiah, about the future. And Jesus was right there. The future was right now. And uh, they, they had a case of, remember, a severe holy heartburn. They said our hearts burn within us when he, when he revealed how the Messiah was in the Old Testament written about where places we didn't even recognize and, you know, Jesus was basically saying, looking for the Messiah, references to the Messiah in the Old Testament is like looking for the name Smith in a telephone directory today. It's just all over the place. Now, today we're going to let Jesus help us get ready for the future of marriage, healthcare, and artificial intelligence. And I can tell you this right from the start, sort of a spoiler alert to where we're headed here. If you're worried about the future of marriage, healthcare, and AI, you are not looking far enough ahead. That's the answer that Jesus gave to the Sadducees when they came up with a trick question to try and discredit Jesus in front of the crowd. And we're going to look at it in just a moment. But, but Jesus answers them that. You, you guys, you're not looking far enough ahead. Now, why would the Sadducees try and 
discredit Jesus in front of the crowd? Why would they want to embarrass him and make him look bad? Well, if you've been with us in the 2020 Jesus Project series from the Gospel of Luke, you know that there were two groups that were uh, chronically uh, showing up at Jesus' Q&A time, and they would ask these trick questions. They would carefully craft questions that would discredit Jesus in front of the crowd that was increasingly following Jesus. Pharisees and Sadducees. Pharisees, Pastor Jonathan's talked a lot about them. They were a rule-reliant Jewish religion. The Sadducees were a politically reliant Jewish religion right in the time of Jesus. Now, the Sadducees, a little more about them, they were small but powerful, very wealthy elite, and they had this cozy, corrupt relationship with the ruling Romans at that time, which included an arrangement that gave the Sadducees control over the temple. And they turned the temple into an income generator for themselves. You know, talk about making money off of religion. Remember Jesus showed up one day and he cleared the temple. He kicked the currency exchangers out of the temple with these words. He says, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. People come here to pray to God, my Father, and instead they meet you, pay me first, Sadducees. And so Jesus calls them on their abuse of power, upon, calls them on their, uh, for their corruption and abuse of uh, power over, over people in the name of his Father. And then when increasingly larger and larger crowds follow Jesus, the Sadducees feel a threat from Jesus' popularity, and so they try and discredit him. So basically, the Pharisees and Sadducees tried to make Jesus look bad for two reasons, job security and jealousy. Job security because, you know, if Jesus keeps uh, growing the crowds to follow him, uh, and they're getting kicked out of the temple where they earn their income, they're going to lose their income. The Pharisees are going to stop being the go-to people for religious questions. So job security is one thing. Jealousy. They're jealous of the crowds that increasingly grow as they're following Jesus. Now, just, just an aside, what's the difference between Pharisees and Sadducees? You know, I remembered this past week a silly little explanation I heard way back when I was in my 20s. Actually, that's not that long ago, right? And I remember hearing someone say the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees is the word supernatural. Supernatural. They did not believe in life after death. And so they said, here's how you remember it. They said the Pharisees believed in life after death and the supernatural. The Sadducees did not believe in life after death. Why not? Because they were sad, you see. So this sad, threatened, jealous group cooks up a question that's designed to do two things. Make Jesus look silly and make belief in life after death look silly. The question's based on the law of Moses and Deuteronomy that really provided for a widow. If she died with no kids or family to take care of her, she became the responsibility of the deceased's brother. All right? Are you ready for the question? People get ready for the question. Here it is. 
The Sadducees, Jesus was approached by them, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, just suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children, so the second brother married the widow, but he also died. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them who died without children. Finally, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. You know, you can hear the Sadducees snickering, maybe just giggling, just feeling pretty smug about, you know, let's see how the super rabbi unravels all seven layers of this question. You know, how, how can a, heaven be real if a widow who follows the law of Moses won't even be able to figure out whose wife she's supposed to be when she gets there? And so the Sadducees stand there smugly. <laughs> the crowd listens curiously. Jesus doesn't miss a beat. He just moves on. Jesus replied, marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they will never die again. In this respect, they will be like angels. They are children of God and children of the resurrection. But now as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses. Now they, Sadducees, found their Moses was their favorite, the writings of Moses. Even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarks some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there. And then no one dared to ask him any more questions. Can you imagine the Q&A time? Any more questions, Jesus says? And the Sadducees are silent. But some of the Pharisees who sort of feel Jesus has taken their side on, you know, life after death, there's a well said, teacher. But there are two truths in Jesus' reply to the Sadducees' question that tell us a whole lot about the future of marriage, about healthcare, and artificial intelligence. All right, two truths. Here's the first one. Heaven is beyond what you imagine it to be. Jesus is saying, Sadducees, your view of heaven is too puny, too petty. You're dumbing down the reality of heaven. Jesus says, here on earth, my followers will die, but in the age to come, they will never die. Here on earth, marriage takes place. In the age to come, as Jesus calls it, the age to come, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Heaven is way beyond what you guys are imagining it to be. No wonder you are sad, you see. You know, even today, a lot of people, their views of heaven are just an upgrade 
on life on earth. Just some things that they would like to have added to life on earth, and that would be paradise to them. Listen, Jesus says it's going to be a totally different age. Now, just a little insert here. Two weeks from now, I'm going to be talking about five minutes after you die, and we'll take this the next step. We'll get into more of this. But the Apostle Paul builds on what Jesus is saying here and tells us there are three experiences that we will no longer have in our future, all right? Three experiences we'll no longer have. Number one, we will not have a body that dies. So we're talking about more than a body that just can't get sick in a pandemic-free environment. Resurrection life is more than the resurrection of your corpse. It's a resurrection of your person, your soul, your spirit person. Um, the Apostle Paul explains to the Christians in Corinth this way. Watch this. He says, and it, is, it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. We're going to have a body that doesn't die. Second experience that we're going to have in our future, and that is a marriage that we will not have in our future. A marriage that is the closest Closeness. People, you know, a, 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 a close, intimate marriage. You know, the Bible says the two shall become one, where their souls, their bodies, their minds, they're planning for the future, their care for one another, their communication, wanting the best for one another. That's about the best we can come up with on the planet Earth for closeness. And Jesus is saying, well, that kind of closeness, as good as it can be, is nothing compared to the closeness that you're going to have. You know, uh, listen, when the Bible talks about Christians, followers of Jesus, the church being the bride of Christ, going and experiencing the marriage supper of the Lamb, he's speaking there symbolically of a closeness that not even the best marriage here on earth could ever have the capacity to experience. Here's how Paul says it in, to the Christians in Corinth. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. All right, three experiences will no longer have a body that dies, a marriage is the closest closeness, and third, a death that means you're done. You're done. Now, we work fairly hard in our culture to squeeze a few extra years out of this life. But the problem is, have you noticed that as you get older, I hear this from older people, as you get older, these bodies have a best before date. <laughs> sort of the prime time goes. Uh, someone said it this way, there are five stages for this body. Grow up, fill out, slim down, Hold it in, and who cares? <laughs> Scripture says so much 
better than that in the next stage. It talks about a glorious body. Listen, listen to Paul again, the Apostle Paul. He says, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. That, a, a victorious future. Now, Paul writes to Christians in Philippi, Greece, and says it this way. He, Jesus, will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So followers of Jesus, the last stages for you are, are not, you know, uh, slim down, hold it in, or who cares? The, the next stage is glorious body. You see, heaven is beyond what any of us can imagine it to be. Then Jesus' answer to the Sadducees brings up a second truth. Not only heaven is beyond what you guys are making it out to be, beyond anything you can imagine, but secondly, God is greater than you think he is. God is greater than you think he is. Jesus tells the Sadducees, no wonder you guys are so sad. You have a sad view of God. It's, it's not even a, a right view of God. The, the God that you're speaking of is, is way too small. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who were still alive in the time of Moses, who are still alive in the presence of God, as I answer this question to you, Sadducees, because he's, God doesn't talk to dead people. He's not a God of the zombies. He is the God of the living, not the dead, Jesus says. God is bigger than you think he is. Now, there are a lot of people that fear the future because they think, well, what are jobs going to be like with robots and supercomputers and artificial intelligence just taking over so much of where people could be working, you know? And, and it's understandable. Robots don't need sleep or a lunch break. They don't phone in sick. They don't have to wear masks during a pandemic. They know more and they can do more than a human. You know, and some, some just get into the relational area. Well, what about robots in relationships substituting for humans? You know, you can program a robot to be your best friend. You don't like how they're expressing themselves emotionally? Just install a different emotional program in your robot, you know. Um, the TED Talk Forum had a researcher on presenting about robots that will chop vegetables, cut hair, put on lipstick, and feed popcorn. I mean, how far is this AI thing going to go? So I've been thinking about that in the future of AI. And you know what? There are three experiences that no supercomputer, no future robot, no artificial intelligence that we will design way beyond what we can imagine today. Three experiences that they will never have. Number one will be having the image of God installed in them. No robot will ever have God putting in them a longing for himself. That's unique to humans. We're made in the image of God, different from all the other animals, even. Genesis, the first book in the Bible says, we, we have this reflection of God where we, we, we reach out for him. That's why there's so many religions in the world, people reaching out to God. No robot will ever have Jesus redeem them because there's no soul there to redeem. 
we have this, this uniqueness about us. We're made in the image of God. Secondly, no robot or supercomputer will ever have supernatural experiences, spiritual experiences. A human being is more than a brain and a body. We are a spiritual being, part of being made in the image of God. That's that part of us, that's the spirit part of us that longs for connection with our creator, with, with a God who we know deep down is out there somewhere, and we, and we long for that. Now, uh, as a matter of fact, do you know what? Uh, just a, a word about today at six o'clock, I'm going to be talking about how followers of Jesus can have a supernatural experience because we're made to be spiritual creatures who have this capacity to, to not just long for God, but to connect with him. And then Jesus told his followers before he ascended into heaven, I'm, it's going to be just like having me with you. I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. He'll guide you. He'll encourage you. He'll come alongside and help you. He'll empower you when you communicate to others. Six o'clock today, I'm going to be um, leading people into an experience, a supernatural experience, where they can have what Jesus called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, listen, these COVID days, I have just become more appreciative of just the Spirit of God just coming and helping Keith Smith. And so many, you know, things that were experiencing, just coming alongside and reminding me of truth, comforting and helping and giving me what I need to encourage other people amidst whatever I am going through. I, I want to invite you to join me. Listen, if Netflix has something better on at six o'clock, go ahead and watch it. But if you, if you are just saying, God, I'm, I'm hungry for a supernatural spiritual experience that will help me, help me and help others. I, I'm, I'm open to that. Join, join us today. All right, so God's image, a spiritual experience, and then eternal life. <laughs> Robots may outlive us here on earth, but they cannot live forever in the place that Jesus prepared. He says, I'm coming for you, my followers. I'm preparing a place for you. I'm coming again so that you may be there with me forever. Robots, supercomputers cannot experience eternal life. And yet it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Maybe some listening to me are going through life as if this life is all there is. And uh, you just don't activate yourself spiritually in this longing for God and, and, and having experiences that he wants you to have spiritually. You know, listen, if you don't believe in heaven or a God, the Sadducees didn't. They didn't believe in the supernatural. You know what it is? You know what happens then? You know what the result of that is? This is it. This is all we have. This life is it. The human body becomes all the God we will ever have. This body becomes all the soul that we will ever have. This earthly life is all the eternity we'll ever have. This age is all the heaven we will ever experience. It just makes me so thankful that the God who made us in his image, when we as human beings exercised our free will, our free choice, we went our own way and we broke 
that image of God, that Jesus left heaven to come and say, I'm here to forgive you for going your own way, to cleanse that away. I'm paying for that with my death on the cross, and I'm here to restore you back and bring you home to Father God, and you can be with him forever. Oh, it just makes me so excited for Jesus and what he has done for every human being. And he invites every one of us to follow him. You know, Jesus tells us about the future, and it's not ruled by AI, it's ruled by KG. It is not ruled by artificial intelligence, it is ruled by King Jesus. And it will be a rule and a reign where everything that is wrong will be made right. As a matter of fact, this got me so excited, I, 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 I didn't really finish the lyrics here on this latest rap, all right? But here, here it is, all wrongs will be made right. No more injustices or pandemics to fight. No wars, killings, or loss of life. No brokenness or sickness to steal our money. No dark days shoving us to hide in fright. Our future is nonstop love, life, and light. So stop worrying when what's permanent is so bright with Jesus forever. It's going to happen. One day our faith will be sight. Listen, I tracked down the Sadducees in history. Do you know what happened to them? They disappeared. Do you know when they disappeared? This is very telling. When the Romans came into Jerusalem and conquered it in 70 AD, they destroyed the temple. As soon as they destroyed the temple, the Sadducees disappeared. Yes, it was a corrupt system they had, but it was their income generator. Watch this. When they built their lives on selfishness, it had no shelf life. It crumbled along with the temple. They, watch this, they built their life on something temporary. They built their life on what could be destroyed. They had it good for a while, but they built it on what could be destroyed. What are you building your life on? You know, you build your life on things in this life, it's all going to go away. You build your life on Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you're with him forever. You have everlasting life. You know, personally, you know what really helps me get through these COVID days? Uh, I've lost loved ones, people I care about, can't even get there to be with family, uh, uh, not able to see people that you love, to connect, not even to be able to be with you. Pastor Jonathan and I feel that deeply. And just the loneliness and separation. You know what helps me? Yes, the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help. But you know what the Holy Spirit reminds me of? <laughs> this is not all there is. Reminds me of the future. And I want to say that to you. If you are worried about the future, it means you're not looking far enough ahead. <laughs> because when you look ahead, the future is bright. I want to lead you in prayer. You know, some of you are saying, well, I got this going on, I got that, I got so many things going on. Listen, there's nothing you have that's too small. There's nothing you have that's too big. Because God is bigger than whatever you're going to bring before him. I want to lead you in prayer. 
But I want to say this, God is more caring than you think he is. He is more just than you think he is. He's more merciful than you think he is. He's more powerful than you think he is. He's more knowledgeable than you think he is. He is more trustworthy than you think he is. Nothing that you have is so small that he doesn't care about. And nothing that you have is too big for him to have the power to help you overcome it. And so we're going to pray right now. Can I, can I just pray with you about your future? Jesus, thank you. Thank you that when we build our lives upon you, we have a bright future. I pray for people that are building their life on things or people that won't last. I pray that right now they would just say, Jesus, I'm going to build my future on you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be cleansed of the wrongs that I've done. Keep cleansing me even when I do wrong in the future, Lord, because I want to trust in your forgiveness and I today trust in your life. After this life, I want to be with you forever. I want to live my life your way, Jesus, so I trust you. And how many here in this gathering they're saying, I'm struggling with something. I'm confused about the future. I'm scared of the future. Just bring that before the Lord now. Bring that before. Lord, thank you that you're not scared of the future, that you can handle whatever it is that we bring to you right now because you're the God who has the future in your hands. And when we follow you, we know that the worst that can happen to us is that we go to be with you in a place where right is done forever. So Lord, just help every one of us just look further down the road. Look further out ahead into the future that you have for us. And Lord, and now we just pray the scripture that just so fits with this prayer. To him, Jesus, to you, Jesus, who are able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or even imagine, according to your power that is at work within us. To you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations into 2020, 2021, and beyond. Forever and ever, amen and amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.